welcome to Disciple Making Lala, a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. Welcome to this week's episode of Disciple Making Mama. It's in the evening. Usually I don't record in the evening. And actually here we hear the frogs singing or making noise in the rice fields around us. So I'm not sure if you will hear that. I don't think so. But if there is a funny background noise, those are the frogs. We are living in the middle of the rice fields here in Japan and they've just been filled with water and the frogs are very happy about that and celebrate every night with really a lot of noise. So that's where we're at and oh yeah I'm already talking about we because today again I have my very special guest, my very own husband, Hanu de Villiers. <laughs> And yeah, we really enjoyed our last um, time that we did the podcast together and just shared some stories. But today we'll actually um, yeah, look at uh, a specific topic a bit more deeply. And I'm going to pick Hanu's brain and ask him some questions. And that topic is repentance. We've now looked at three um, accounts in the book of Acts where the apostles have shared the gospel. All three of them happen to be Peter sharing the gospel. And each time Peter mentioned that in order to respond to this good news, in order to be born again, to have this new life that Jesus offers, the people have to repent. Now, is this just Peter who somehow likes repentance or do we see this pattern also repeated in the New Testament? Well, yeah. So when I started looking into this word, what it means, I was really surprised at how often it occurs in the New Testament and quite, quite vital places. Um, as you mentioned, um, Peter's sermon and so on. Um, when Paul was in Athens, he and it's a quite famous story of where he's speaking to the people about the unknown God and explaining to them that this God doesn't live in temples made by man and so on. And then after he describes God and introduces this God of the universe to them, he says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So that's Jesus he's talking about, of course. Yes. So that's Jesus he's talking about. So that's in Acts 17, verse 30 and 31, by the way. Now, I don't know how many of you, when you share the gospel, share it like that. <laughs> We've already spoken about that. I've shared that, that I find 
this one of the really challenging parts of sharing the gospel that and and also telling people that they are sinners which goes together with this right because when if we are not okay before god the consequence of that is that we probably have to to do something in order to become okay before god to to have that relationship restored so it's it's kind of two sides of mm -hmm. the same coin to tell people hey you are a sinner and you have to repent and that's i think very uncommon to to hear or it's almost like it has become a bad cliche like i i think in movies or so you might hear it more often you know not christian movies just you know have this cliche christian angry preacher who says oh you have to repent you sinners and then we want to distance ourselves from that angry person because we do not experience god as angry we experience him as merciful and full of grace but then we we can almost throw out the baby with the bathwater yeah. and then not speak about repentance and sin absolutely mm. yeah so since paul says that god commands all people everywhere to repent that includes you and me mm. it includes everyone listening it includes all people everywhere he cannot be more specific and that's very important if god commands all people everywhere to repent so everyone needs to hear everyone needs to know this but also everyone has to do this so yeah what does it mean so i'd love to look at that a little bit more so don't be afraid of the word it's mm. actually quite an exciting word i love talking about repentance um, i love talking about it because it's really a foundational part of the christian walk the walk as a disciple of jesus the author to the hebrews writes in hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So the writer to the Hebrews calls these things elementary doctrine. Now this is what the Christian life is built on. And in this part of the letter to the Hebrews, he actually says, you are still like babies. You are still infants in the faith. You, we shouldn't be talking about these things. And repentance is one of them. So it says you should understand this at the very beginning. So are you surprised that repentance is the first word mentioned there? I know I was when I, when I started looking into this. Why is Paul speaking about repentance? God is calling everyone everywhere to repent not to believe in jesus not everyone everywhere to hear the gospel he is commanding everyone to repent why is repentance listed first in this list of elementary doctrines yeah well it's not just the author to the hebrews or peter who who lists it first who, who places such a an importance on it I'd love to look at what Jesus says, of course, and we'll get to, to Jesus. But who laid the foundation for Jesus? In a way, 
the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? The, all the, the whole, <laughs> all, all the way mm-hmm. since since the fall. And we can summarize so many of the of the Old Testament prophets saying what they said to people was repent. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what they said was, people, you are sinning against God. Stop. Mm. <laughs> and the book of Jonah is all about him going and preaching repentance or perhaps rather him not going, <laughs> but in the end going, God commanding him to go and preach to the people of Nineveh to repent. So the, but the, the prophet, the last prophet who bridges the Old and New Testaments is John the Baptist, who was, of course, the cousin of Jesus, came just before Jesus and laid the foundation for Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter 3, we can read what John the Baptist said when he did his ministry. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so that's the ESV, the English Standard Version. I also had a look at what two other translations uh, translate that verse as. They unpack the word repent a little bit. Mm. For those of us who don't have English as a first language, or repent is actually not a word that we hear much or use much outside of sort of Christian circles, yeah. outside the Bible. So I think even if you know you know it well, it's important to be able to express it to somebody else. If everyone everywhere needs to repent, you need to be able to explain to mm. them as well. So let me read from the... Um, the easy-to-read version. John said, Change your hearts and lives because God's kingdom is now very near. Mm, very practical. Very yeah. practical. So repent, change your hearts and lives. And in the contemporary English ver- version, the CEV, he said, Turn back to God. The kingdom of heaven will soon be here. Okay, so there we get two, two different sort of angles on repentance. So the very literal repent, change your heart, your life, turn back to God. Okay, so there's this, this idea of repenting as a change, a mm-hmm. turning, a turning. Okay, so remember that turning. Later when... Um, Later in the chapter, some people were coming to to John and he was baptizing them. And then in verse 7, he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism. And he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Again, that's the... ESV, the, the literal translation, and the other two, do something to show that you have really given up your sins. Mm-hmm. It's the easy to read version, but it's also really nice, easy to understand, right? Do something to show you've really given up your sins. The CEV, change your hearts, show by the way you live 
that you have changed. Mm. So like often in the Bible, when, when it talks about fruit, it's like the expression, the outward expression of, of something that is happening inwardly. Like yes. Jesus said, we will be known by our fruit. So we also have to be known by our fruit of repentance. The, the inner act of turning away has to come out in a practical turning away outside. Exactly. So, so it's again that idea of changing and that something that happens inside can be seen. Mm. Rethinking right. and acting upon that. Acting upon yeah. that. Okay, so that's how John the Baptist laid the foundation for Jesus. The very first thing he said is repent. So come, change your lives. It's enough now with, with your sin. So when Jesus then comes in Matthew chapter 4 and he starts his public ministry, what do you think he started? What do you think he said? What was the first thing he said? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no prizes for guessing. Sorry. Repent. <laughs> for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. Exactly. Okay, so the verse says exactly from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus lays the foundation for his own ministry before he tells parables, before he, he does miracles, before he does so many of the things that, that we know him for. He lays a foundation and says, repent. In the Gospel of Luke, I don't want to just overwhelm you with mm. a lot of Bible, but I think that's, of course, where we want to learn from yeah. about this word, since, since it's not used outside Bible circles so often. So in the last chapter in the book of Luke, the disciples meet Jesus and they're still sort of unsure and they see him on the beach and then he talks to them and he says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So if you've ever heard of the Great Commission, uh, it's what people basically call Jesus, the last command of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the most famous of those is in Matthew. Right? Uh, maybe you've talked yeah, about it before. Go into the world, make disciples. Yeah. Exactly. And so perhaps in Matthew, that one we know well, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. But uh, sometimes we hear the one from Mark as well, but not often from Luke. But it's interesting here that Jesus says that it's repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And again, the all nations, mm. all nations. So repentance just like Paul said, right? God commands everyone, everywhere to repent. So this is the core of the gospel, the good news. And so this is interesting, right? We're saying this is gospel, right? What does gospel mean? Good mm. news. The good news is repent. Mm. So it sounds rough. It sounds harsh. It sounds like, no, but is that really good news? But it is is good news because God enables us to repent. He enables us to turn our life around. Jesus doesn't command something that nobody can do. Mm. He always 
gives us an opportunity to do what he what he asks of us okay and so when jesus says repent he expects us to be able to do that and then to obey and to do that and it is good news if we can turn away from sin the the sin the the horrible things that have made this good world of god so bad and that we often feel very powerless towards actually yeah. i mean yes there are a lot of sins that we make a very clear decision i now out of selfish motives or out of anger or whatever want to do this thing that i know is wrong in the sight of god that i know is not loving and is going to hurt somebody but often we actually feel quite trapped in our sin and exactly. feel like I, i i want to stop i want to be a good person i want to turn away from this but i don't seem to be able to and that's yeah. then also that good news that through jesus we are enabled to exactly because sin enslaves us mm. right from the start there is nobody that hasn't sinned mm. that's the problem with sin is that it's it infects it's more infectious than any disease uh, out and about mm. and once it gets a hold of you it just seems to cling and wrap itself around you and people who are not christians might be able to overcome one here or there but often it's at the expense of another mm. they they focus and oh they they really work hard and they've now stopped stealing because they've, they've been in trouble so many times and then they find themselves just being stuck in in lying or getting stuck in something else because it is really god granting us repentance but it is an amazing gift that we can do this mm. through the power of Jesus and therefore he now commands this of everyone and that's why when in the very first gospel sermon preached peter said to the crowds who just killed jesus who cut to the heart and said peter what shall we do mm. we believe what you're saying is true and he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so we see that repentance and forgiveness are closely linked mm. the one follows the other that through repentance there can be forgiveness forgiveness is not just out there god wants to forgive but god demands repentance and they go together and it again makes sense if we think about us and god in in terms of relationship that god made us to be in relationship with him so it he 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 doesn't just want to force something upon us but relationship has to have that each other aspect so we have to turn to god in repentance that he can respond in forgiveness yeah exactly so we've now we we see now okay this this is really new testament teaching that in order to have this restored relationship with jesus with god we need to repent and yet we we've also already said it's it's nothing that we hear a lot and even if we might hear it 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 can sound very 
um, abstract, yeah. very old-fashioned almost. So what does it actually practically mean to repent yeah. towards God? Yeah, so from those two more dynamic translations, mm. we already got a, an idea that it's yeah. a turning, right? A changing and that something then not just in our minds, but something actually happens. Mm. So I want to summarize it in, in three steps, break it down into three steps. Step one is a rethinking, mm. rethinking. So, Which is actually kind of literally what repent means, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so it starts with thinking right. Because if you, if you aren't sorting out your heart and your mind first, then your actions won't follow. Or mm. if they do, they'll stop quickly. You'll lose the... Yeah, it just becomes a, a mechanical yeah. ritual, which again doesn't make sense in the context of a relationship. I don't want exactly. you to to do something mechanical <laughs> towards me that doesn't come from your yeah. heart, from exactly. your mind. Yeah, exactly. So mm. it is really starts with a change of heart and mind. It's, I think, one of the stories that Jesus told that really illustrates this well in a whole chapter that deals with repentance uh, is in Luke 15. Um, where he tells the famous story of the, the prodigal son, the lost son. And the lost son, you, I'm sure you all know the story of how he decides to take his part of the inheritance and goes away and just uses it on himself and lives a, a sinful life and suddenly f finds himself with nothing, sitting in ashes with... Um, yeah, no more friends, no food, no nothing, basically no job. And the first thing that happens is he starts thinking, mm. right? He sits there and he thinks, he looks at the pigs and he thinks, wow, I have nothing. But even the slaves that work for my dad, they have something. They're actually well off, maybe Maybe my father will take me back as a slave. Maybe he'll still have a little bit of compassion on me. And so he starts, it starts in his mind, but then quickly he also realizes, well, I can't just pitch up and just expect everything to be okay. And so he, he realizes that his sin is great against his father. When he gets to his father in the end, he says, I have sinned against God, against heaven, and before you. So, big part of thinking right about sin, about a big part of repenting, is to realize that we've sinned against people, but most of all against God. Mm. Sin, um, bad deeds, corrupt God's good world. And it corrupts it for other people, for ourselves, and most of all for God. God is the one who owns the world. And so whenever we destroy a part of it, whenever we bring something tainted into it, whenever we bring more darkness into the world that God made, and God is light, the more um, we, we need to realize that we have sinned against God. So the prodigal son really realized that. And he expressed that to his father. And he even said, I sin against God and against you. 
when you read the story, you might not you might not think that he mm. sinned so specifically against God, but yeah. he his thinking was right, and that's why Jesus uh, shares it like that. Step two is to have true sorrow. Okay, to say sorry, it's a it's a verbal thing. It's then when it becomes verbal against, um, like with the prodigal son, where it, it flows out. What, what has happened in his heart and his mind comes out in words. Mm. And it's to say sorry. It's to confess. It's to say, I've sinned against you. And this is where uh, I think often... We, we've, um, with many things in the, in the Protestant tradition, in the Protestant churches, mm. uh, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And confession is one of those things with the Reformation, um, those confession booths and things in the Catholic Church. I don't think that's how it should be done. Mm. But there's very little confession in most Protestant churches, among most Protestants. It's like, Oh, your sin is between you and God. Mm. But really, the New Testament says that we should be confessing our sins to one another. Mm. And especially, like this prodigal son, to the person that you sinned against. Yeah. If I steal something from you, and tomorrow I come and say, I've sinned against you. You would be saying, what do you mean? Mm. <laughs> but if I said, I'm sorry, I stole that cup from you then you know what we're talking about. Then then you know I'm really sorry, right? Yeah. If I avoid it and I'm sort of like, oh, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for all the, the, the times I've wronged you. I'm still sort of covering it up. I'm mm. still trying to save face, yeah. right? So it's important when there's confession of sin that we, we make it specific because then there can be true restoration mm. between us and people and between us and God. Yeah. Okay, so name sins when you confess. And then step three is correct. Repair what can be repaired. Sometimes with sin, we cannot repair what, what has happened. Um, we may have said some words that has hurt somebody. And no matter what we say, we cannot take those words back. Mm -hmm. They're out in the air. They're in somebody's memory. We cannot take them back. But if you stole something, you can give it back. Mm. And with chocolate included, you know, <laughs> with interest, yeah. with something to make up for it. If you, if you, this, if you uh, damage some property, you can replace it. Um, if you, yeah, I mean, you, this, is, this is quite easy to understand, mm. right? So repair what can be repaired. And you'll find this all over the all over the Bible, um, the Old Testament laws that God gave to Moses, full of these sort of practical things, and uh, New Testament um, letters. So many ways in how can we repair what can be repaired. Mm. Okay, so so those are the three steps. Maybe there's a there's another picture that I like to use, and that's that there's. Repentance is it's like a coin with two sides. And I said before, keep in mind the word turn, mm. right? So 
there's a negative side to repentance and a positive side to repentance. And the negative is we're turning from something and the positive is we turn to something. So we're turning from bad to good. Mm. Okay, we're turning from idols to the living God. If we only turn away from evil, mm. but we don't focus our eyes on something else, yeah. if we don't keep our eyes focused then on Jesus, then we'll just fall back into sin. Mm. And, and that can often happen, I think, when when we repent from something, the danger can be to then fall in in almost an opposite sin. You know, you, yeah. you um, turn from, I don't know, lying, but then you turn to being this hyper-correct, always yeah. criticizing person because you now have to tell the exact 100% truth about everything. Or even you turn from something with great sorrow, but if you don't turn to God who is love you might become very self-righteous and yeah yes exactly I understand exactly. what you mean yeah but also if we only think of good oh only turn to god turn to god but we don't cut off mm. the the bad we yeah. don't turn away from that idol we cannot say oh i now serve the living god but there's still the the statue of buddha in mm. in my living room yeah that thing is going to pull me back. Yeah. You've got to cut off the, the evil, our former ways. Okay, so it's turning away from former ways, turning away from sin, stopping sin, and living the way of Jesus. Okay. So we, we've seen that in the New Testament, repentance is mentioned at the beginning of the Christian life. Yeah. It's like, how can we respond to the gospel? Repent, have faith, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So is, is repentance only for then? I, I mean, I'm, I'm already asking it in a silly way, but I, I think it's, it's good just to clarify. Yes. When, when do we repent? Is it, uh, yeah, well, certainly yeah. at the beginning, but then, I don't know. <laughs> when do we repent? <laughs> I mean, you can ask that about many things in a Christian life. When do you believe in Jesus? Well, on that day or on every day? I mean, mm. Clearly, we, we grow in our faith. And repentance is in the same category. We, it is a foundational part of the Christian life. There's a, a day on which you have your first act of repentance. Mm. Your first, the first time that you really realize, I have sinned against God. And with godly remorse and repentance, you, you turn away from it. Um, and yet that is only the start. The whole Christian life, like Paul's, um, Paul said in Acts 26, where he, he gives a testimony of his ministry. And he's standing before King Agrippa. And he tells him about uh, what he's been doing. This is towards the end of the book of Acts. So a lot of things have happened in Paul's life. And then he's sharing of uh, how he saw Jesus in that vision, how it all started for him on the way to Damascus. 
And he says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. Yeah, so Paul says, basically, he gives a summary of his whole ministry as, I preached repentance. <laughs> I don't think many people would summarize Paul's life like that, but he himself does it like this. And he said that he focused on repentance and that people would keep uh, performing deeds in keeping with that repentance. So what he means is that he said to them, hey, repent. God calls you to repent. But every day on this walk with Jesus, you, you continue to find ways in which you need to sort of tune your life. Mm. You keep turning. Okay? Yeah. So there's, a, there's like a big turning in the beginning. There's an initial, well, I'm on the broad road that leads to destruction. I want to be on the road of life. I want to be on the narrow road. I need to turn there. But... You I keep think you're still adjusting the steering wheel. You don't I, just yeah, exactly. let the hands and, I mean, we've, yeah. I don't know. I've never met anyone who just said, well, I met Jesus one day and that day my whole life was just cleaned up and I was just, <laughs> I was just ready. Of course, there's a big change on day one. They, they meet Jesus and their life is transformed, but it also starts transforming from yeah. that time. And I think here, again, it's helpful to think about repentance as rethinking, because, again, Paul writes in Romans that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind, yeah. which is actually exactly this, this yes. continued repentance, this continued rethinking, and that leads to transformation, that leads to an outward expression of this new way of thinking that we have as we grow closer to God, as we are more transformed into his image. Exactly. And how many times have you read somebody's testimony or a devotional of some kind and you're thinking, oh, this person did this or they realized this about themselves or they, they said, oh, Today I realized that at this time of the day I did this and, oh, I have to stop. God convicted me of this. You think, that's wrong? Really? Mm. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> and and you realize, oh, I, I have to grow in, in my understanding of repentance, of what is what is truly God's way. We know none of us think, oh, we've just got it nailed, right? I hope you don't think like that. If you <laughs> if you do, then you probably need to have big repentance. But yeah, there's there's always every step of the way with Jesus. We we are transformed into his image as we as we continue on this walk, but it is a walk. Mm. And we continue to grow and we continue to to turn away, turn away, turn away. And of course. There's also when, when there is sin in our life, when we, I'm not talking about things that, that are just lifestyle that you realize, oh, I've been always been doing this. And now I realize 
God is convicting me. I really need to stop this. But sometimes there's sin that enters into the life of the Christian. We, um, we should never be intentionally sinning. That is very, very dangerous. Um, if we suddenly find, oh, I, I did something and it was really not right in God's sight. He is faithful to forgive us if we confess our sins, if we turn away from that. So also that is part of that continued repentance, continued attitude of repenting, of always being ready when God convicts to say, yes, God, I'm turning away from that. And I think all of these things also make it very clear that this is not some legalism. This is not just a list of rules or commands that we just have to anxiously obey. But this is as we are walking with Jesus and we get to know him more and more, we, we see in his light kind of the, the hidden shadows and the, the dirt in the, in the little hooks <laughs> yeah. of our lives. Yeah. And as his light is shining into our lives more and more, we actually see more and more of that and yeah. we can clean it up to become exactly. more like him. Exactly, exactly. What, how Paul summarizes that is he says in Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Mm. It's exactly like that. And that's why we said in the beginning that to the unbeliever, repent. It is a command and it is a strong command and it sounds harsh. It sounds judgmental in today's day and age. But it is good news. It is, you can repent. Mm. It is, you may repent. Mm. The light does come and shine into your life. Yeah. yeah. But the light is not just there to expose you. And then God comes and he hammers on all the mistakes and flaws and sins and says, how bad have you been? He is that father who runs to the lost son and says, come, you who have repented. And that is... That is the God that we serve. That is why repentance is such good news, because we have that loving Father who responds in kindness and mercy when we come to him in repentance. So let's say we, we have now shared the gospel with somebody like Peter. <laughs> they are cut to the heart yeah. and they say, what, what can I do to be saved? Hmm. And we, like Peter, we say, well, repent, believe in Jesus be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then that person says, oh, but where do I start yeah. with repentance? What would you answer? That's, yeah, the, I can give you a, a list of, some people go around with lists and say, have you, do you have this sin in your life? Do you have that sin in your life? I don't think that's wrong per se, but I do think we need to stick to the principle and not come up with some recipe. And I think the principle is, is there anything in your life that, that Jesus is not happy with? Mm. Stop it. Cut it out. Is there anything that you feel guilty about? Mm. Why? I mean, some things people can feel guilty about that is not sin in God's eyes. Mm. But even if people decide to turn from that, it is... It's good repenting practice. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you have in your life that does not please God. So if most of the time, 
I th I'm sure from your own experience, you can you can also tell um, that this is uh, people come and they know you know mm. they they've got things buried deep below. Maybe they don't want to talk to you about them mm. yet, but oh man, there are things in there that they know. This needs to stop. That is in there. I'm trapped with this, there's that addiction, there's this lie, there's that thing, there's that person, there's this broken relationship because of that issue. So many things. Um, but that's where we have to allow Jesus to, to do the conviction. He also knows where they have to start. Mm. Because if we're going to come with a million things on day one, you know, Peter and Jesus and John, they commanded, repent, repent. But when people asked John the Baptist, so what should we do? He told different things to different people. Mm. And he made it very practical. But I'm sure he didn't just think, oh, that guy, that Roman soldier that should be contained with his wages. Right? He said to the, to the soldiers, yeah. be contained with your wages. That wasn't the only sin in their life. But I think that was the thing that was bothering them at that time. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm reading into yeah. the story. But... I know when I first repented, really repented, it was hard, it was tough, it was challenging. But I was so convicted of this one thing. It was having stolen um, games and music and things on my computer. And as a young um, high schooler, that was just the thing you did. Mm. Me, it felt to me like, oh, but everyone does it. I told myself all the lies, and but I was convicted of my sin and... Of course, there were other things. But at that time, I could only see one thing. Mm. And Jesus was wise. Of course, he is wise. But mm. he showed me, he magnified that one thing. Because he knew, if I start with a few small things, and I clear out those, then I start feeling good. Like, mm. Okay, good. Yeah, I've cleared out five sins today. Wonderful. But the <laughs> big rot is still there. You're not going to get far. But... He started with the, the big one, the obvious one. Mm -hmm. Some other people might have to start with something small and see that it's possible. See the power of God. See that that thing, even if it's a small thing, in my eyes perhaps, mm -hmm. wow, I really can overcome this in the power of God. Yeah. So Jesus knows. I think that's where we really have to ask him. And... I'm convinced from scripture and experience that Jesus loves answering the prayer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is there in my life that you don't like? Yeah, yeah. Convict me of my sins. Um, if somebody prays that from the heart, why would Jesus not answer that prayer? Yeah. <laughs> People say Jesus doesn't answer prayer. Try that one. Yeah, and I think it's it's as we counsel people in repentance, it's very important that we we make sure that there is that readiness to confess, as yeah. we've said earlier. There's that readiness to be really open. I I remember one person who I baptized, and of course, repentance is the biblical prerequisite for baptism. And so before I baptized her, I asked her, you know, are there some things that you have to repent yeah. of? And... I was I was unsure if if it would be you know appropriate for me to to actually know those things because that person was older than me that person is is very close to me 
And, and yet it was amazing to see that person really humbling themselves and, you know, not, not in, in detail that would now burden me, but simply saying, yes, I want to repent of this and this and this. And these are some practical steps that I want to take. So I think that's, that's the one thing that we, there has to be that, that willingness to be open, to confess. But on the other hand, I think that we, we, we must really take ourselves back and allow the Holy Spirit to do the convicting that we don't play other people's Holy Spirit. And I remember another person who I baptized and also had that conversation before baptism. What, what are things that, that you think you should repent of? And that person was a, a pretty strong smoker. And our smoking is one of those things that the Bible nowhere says thou shalt not smoke. The Bible also doesn't say it is okay to smoke. So it's it's one of those conscience yeah. things that I think different people filled with the Holy Spirit in love with God, wanting to obey God, would answer differently. And I would have counseled that person. I think you have to repent of your smoking. But that person, it, it did not come up. And I'm very, very thankful that I had the self-control not to not to say, oh, I, I think you forgot something <laughs> there. But then after that person was baptized, God did something that showed that person. And, and again, I'm not saying, you know, this is the word of God oh. about smoking to yeah. everybody at all times. But God showed that specific person you should stop this, but also I'm I'm going to help you. That this is this is now we're now in this together. We're we're now doing this. So especially in those areas where, where there is no mm. clear biblical foundation for should this person stop this or not, I really think we, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in that person. And it might even take some time to convict them of Yes. Whatever they have to repent of. Yeah. I think one amazing thing that I've learned about repentance is because it is so practical, it needs to be so practical, mm. either through saying something, confessing to each other, confessing to God, uh, repairing what can re be repaired. It has also a power to to kickstart faith in a way. Mm. Sometimes people say, oh, but I, I think I believe in Jesus. Is, is this now it? Am uh, I a Christian? Am I a Christian? <laughs> you know, new believers. Mm. Also, even for people who grow up with a lot of knowledge about Jesus, um, I, in the last few years, I've had many, many um, application forms, especially for short-term mission, but even longer-term uh, mission um, applicants come to me and I've read through their application forms and sometimes I've, I've asked them personally, so tell me your story, how did you become a, a disciple of Jesus? And many times people are a bit unsure how to answer the question and saying, well, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family or, well, yeah, I, I started going to church at that age and then this and then that, but you get the feeling that they sort of want to they don't like answering the question mm. because it's it's a bit vague. And it's that's the reality with faith is 
it isn't just always on that day or that day that you can point to oh this specific moment or oh this muslim had a dream of jesus and just they woke up and they just knew i'm now a disciple of jesus i'm following this jesus but repentance makes it so practical you can point back to that's where i really repented that's where i had my first big turning away from sin that's where i discovered the power of god to break um, this sin or this bondage and in my own life that's very much like that i my faith in jesus grew and still grows mm. and is the foundation of course for repentance you can't yeah. turn to somebody that you don't believe in but mm. in fact i think that's why repentance is listed first mm. Um, in the list in Hebrews, by Peter, by Paul, by Jesus. Why is it there first? Because it is so practical. Because with faith, well, do you believe in Jesus? Do you not? So many times people say, I'm not sure. Or how do I know that I've really believed? And you can have a real crisis of faith. Or have difficulty pointing to, when, when did I not actually become a Christian? But because you can experience repentance in a way much more than you can experience faith say well i think i believe that jesus can forgive sins well go and stop one mm. ask him to help you cut it out and experience that and repentance can help you to grow your faith which can help you then again to repent of more <laughs> to, yeah. and so they really go together and um but they are not just two sides of the same coin. They are distinct. The mm -hmm. one really is faith in Jesus, and the other one is really what what you turn away from, what you do in response to what God has done. But um, yeah, repentance is hard. It's often quite hard. Mm -hmm. It costs you. Mm -hmm. um, when I repented in that that first big repentance that I always point back to, that was my day of repentance. I knew I would lose friends because my friends and I would play the same games, but none of us bought them. Mm. So when I decided to get rid of them because they were stolen, I we didn't play them together. And so I, I lost a lot of contact with my friends. I um, It was a humbling experience, but also very, very free, very amazing. So you know when you've repented. <laughs> mm. Good. Thank you so much for this conversation, for talking about repentance. And yeah, looking forward, we'll do a, a bit more of these talks about some of the, the more kind of, I don't know, tricky concepts. I think it's just nice to, to listen to two people actually kind of discussing these things and figuring them out. And it's also very nice for me not to have the responsibility of teaching all by myself. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And yeah, may yeah the Holy Spirit really speak to you. And may he also lead you as you are counseling people in repentance, as you're helping them to turn away from their sin and turn to God, to turn to the light. Okay, talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.